0: Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching live on YouTube, please smash the like button like you're Brandon Davis. You have consent. If you're not subscribed yet to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. As you likely know, in previous years, uh, leading into the NBA draft, we have dedicated uh, short episodes of the Ion College Basketball Podcast, uh, to some of the top-tier prospects available. We're doing the same thing this year leading up to the 2022 NBA draft. It's scheduled for June 23rd. We've already done Chet Holmgren, Paulo Bencaro, Jabari Smith, and Jaden Ivey. Now we turn our attention to Keegan Murray, uh, the sophomore forward out of Iowa. I've got him going fifth overall to the Detroit Pistons in my latest mock draft at CBSports.com. Dead leg is at too high, too low, or just about right.
1: Might be just about right. On the Ivy episode, I said the feedback I got was that Ivy's range was two to five. Feedback I'm getting on Murray is three to six. Yes, you heard me right, Parrish. Three. Three, as high as three. I, I'm skeptical that he'll go three, but um, there are some people insisting that uh, he could get real, genuine interest from Houston at three um we'll see i guess there's also the obviously the potential uh i did speak to someone in a front office in the past three or four days who said um they don't think any of the top three picks will wind up getting traded but there is i don't know that that temperature can change in the next couple of weeks as we get closer uh but three to six he won't fall below he won't fall below six keegan murray one of the two breakout players in the country last year the biggest breakout players another one we'll do another episode on i believe johnny davis out of wisconsin and Keegan Murray, who went from playing uh, almost every game with Iowa as a freshman, but only starting four of them to starting 31 this past season. How about this? So I mentioned the Synergy stuff with Ivy on our other episode. Just for comparison's sake. So at Synergy, they grade all the teams, they grade all the players. You can look all sorts of different ways that players play off pick and rolls, ISOs, how to timeouts, all sorts of different stuff. In transition, post-ups, you name it. The, the, The film grades it out. There are six different categories and situations that players are graded on. They are excellent, very good, good, average, below average, and poor. Those are the six. Okay? We did the Ivy episode. Ivy rated, and there's got to be like north of 125 of these things that that players get graded on. Ivy rated excellent in 29 uh, disciplines, if you will. What's your guess on Keegan Murray? How many many do you think he rated excellent in, the best that he could possibly rate in? Not as many. Try more than – try – Nearly double. Fifty one. What? Fifty one. Excellent ratings at synergy for Keegan Murray. Ivy was at twenty nine. He's excellent in transition, spot up situations, post-ups, offensive rebound and putbacks, and all miscellaneous plays that don't have any true designation. He's excellent in transition. He rates excellent overall in the half court, and that's accounting for more than six hundred and fifty total possessions. He finished second in the country for player of the year, at Ken Palm last year, only to Oscar Shebway. He's 6'8", pure wing, rarely turns the ball over, high-level defender, shot 62% from two, 40% from three. His offensive rating was 131.2 at Ken Plum. That's outrageous for someone who took more than 163-pointers. So, Ivy at four, I'm not going to reject it. Keegan Murray and Ivy, I think that's the that's the other neck-and-neck neck race with the big three and the three bigs we talked about here. I feel like... I feel like it's more like a top five and then we drop off before we talk to everyone else. Now, a lot of people say it should be a top two, maybe a top three. Um, but as we get closer to the draft parish, it does seem like because Keegan Murray is so long true. This is a wing. He is a wings wing. He is long can defend, shoot the three grew into his body. Really fascinating evolution of a story here in the past 18 months parish. Um, there's definitely a chance that Keegan Murray gets drafted before Jaden Ivey. That's definitely on the board. In my opinion.
0: Oh, it's on the table. That does surprise me that he was like twice as excellent as Jaden. I listen, me I, too. Thought, I thought he was a better college basketball player. Uh, um, I thought I, I'd have to go back and look at my ballot, but I think, I think I voted him second for player of the year behind Oscar Shibwe, uh, which was reflected at, at Ken Palm. Um, but, in terms of in, like he was an excellent college basketball player, I thought Jaden Ivey. I still might think Jaden Ivey, despite what that says, is um is better at more things than Keegan. Keegan Murray is very is excellent. Let's just use that word at some very obvious things, but I I think I could argue that Jaden Ivey is excellent at more things, um, and that Jaden Ivey has a higher ceiling. Although I do really, really like uh, Keegan Murray. Um, like you said, 6'8 forward, 6'11 wingspan, um, Average 23 and a half points, 8.7 rebounds, 31.9 minutes per game for a good team. Shot 55.4% from the field, 39.8% from three, and nearly 75% from the free throw line. Really an incredible um, story. You know, Adam Finkelstein. Our colleague had a nice uh, video breakdown earlier in the week, Sports.com on Keegan Murray, provided some background as well. He was just five foot 10 when he was a sophomore in high school. Five foot 10. Mm. He grew to six foot eight by the time he was a senior. Again, this is all from Adam Finkelstein, um, but still only had one Division I offer. So he did a post grad year at DME Academy in Florida. But then even after that, do you know where he was ranked in the class of
1: 2020? I haven't looked, but since you're saying this, I'll say he went to play in Iowa. Give me, a, I'll say, 405. 334.
0: Okay. He was ranked 334th in the class of 2020, according to 24-7 sports. One spot behind his brother, Chris Murray. Wait. wait, <laughs> They were 333
1: and 334. Oh, all right. that That's, you know, that's just a... That's yeah. Uh, whatever, right? whatever. We're just going to or their combo package. So. <laughs>
0: right. yeah. But, but Chris was actually at least according to 24 seven sports considered the better prospect. Um, he was the fourth Keegan Murray was the fourth best recruit in Iowa's 2020 class. <laughs> and then he goes to Iowa as a freshman. He's a role player. Like you mentioned, he only played 18 minutes per game. I'll give Adi Joseph credit. Um, our boss, real smart basketball guy. Um, you know, he texted me during Keegan's freshman year, Luca Garza's final year, very early in the season, and was like, "Why is this Keegan Murray guy not playing more?"
1: I I remember this actually because he also he might have chipped in uh, or chimed in, excuse me, on uh, on our slack and <laughs> and expressed aloud his his wonderment with Fran McCaffrey. He was
0: he was disgusted that Keegan Murray didn't play more at Iowa. <laughs> He was like, you got all these McCaffreys playing and Keegan Murray sitting on the bench. It seems crazy to me. Yep. And this is and this is where um, I give Adi a lot of credit. You know, Keegan Murray was, again, ranked outside of the top 300 in his high school class. It's that obvious that those guys ought to be playing big minutes at a Big Ten school, you know, in their first year in college. But Adi was like, this guy should be playing more. And with the benefit of hindsight, for Adi it was in the moment, but for most people – perhaps even Fran McCaffrey, <laughs> it, yes. was, it was a bit of a hindsight because, boy, when he played more as a sophomore, he was he he was awesome. Um, I remember, though, in the offseason, um, he did start getting some – even though he didn't play much as a freshman, he started getting – he was on NBA radars. Even though he was not a heralded high school recruit and he didn't play a lot as a freshman, he got on NBA radars because um, – he showed signs of some stuff that is desirable, uh, in the NBA, strong switchable, big could guard smaller players. Um, but he only shot in that freshman year, 29.6% from three on 1.7 attempts per game. So I remember talking to Kennington Smith, who is a Iowa beat writer Des Moines register, like really, really talented uh, beat writer. And, you know, we were sort of discussing Keegan Murray as an NBA prospect. This is, like a year ago around this time, maybe later, but certainly in the off season. And one of the things I said was, you know, like it's going to come down to the three point shot. Like can, cause he's shown he can be a switchable big who guards multiple positions, guards smaller guys. That's like that alone might get him in the NBA. Cause like NBA teams need guys like that. But if he can, how can he become a lottery pick? Well, then like he's got to show improvement with the three point shot. And then of course, he shoots thirty nine point eight percent from from three as a sophomore. Goes from twenty nine point six to thirty nine point eight. So now, look, he's a projected top five pick, and as you point out, could go, you know, as as high as three. He is older than your typical sophomore. Like, how old is Jaden Ivey?
1: He's nineteen, going on twenty, right?
0: I believe that's right. Keegan Murray is about to turn twenty two. He's twenty one, turns twenty two in August. So he's only a, quote, sophomore, but he is older for a sophomore. That doesn't bother me, but that is the type of thing that NBA franchises pay attention to.
1: You're right. Um, I want to fact check myself in real time here. Jaden Ivey is 20. He turned 20 in February, but he's still still considered on the younger side, which is, you know, uh, we've talked about this before. I don't need to uh, belabor the point too much. Uh, Sometimes I feel like the age conversation gets a little bit overstated, uh, but that could, you know, it's yeah, that, like, you know, like, they might they might literally be like, eh, you know, the clock starts earlier. We're going to take Jaden Ivey at 20 as opposed to Key Marie on Yeah,
0: the- that, It's fine. Whatever. I'm just saying the idea that you can't take a 22 year old this high in the draft is just crazy to me. Like the Grizzlies took 22 year old
1: Desmond Bain. You know what he's about to be? Maybe an NBA all star. And Brandon Clark, who I also think was 22. Like Bain's yeah, awesome. Brandon Clark's also awesome. Like I, I, I'm with you. Well, like Brandon yeah. Clark is useful. Desmond Bain might be an all star. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was taken I, at the
0: bottom of the first round because he had short arms and he was old. <laughs>
1: it's wild to me. By the way, the per 40 numbers were also why Keegan Murray was old. He had really good per 40s that really you know, bloated to a wonderful production. Um, the only thing that w- really went down, freshman and sophomore, was his rebounds. Uh, again, just per 40, not per game there, uh, which was a, which a major factor. Yeah, but let's, how about this? So, yeah, off-the-bench guy most of his freshman season starts four games. Then he starts 31 games, jumps from 18 to 32 minutes a game, goes from 7 to 23.5 points per game, and he comes out of Luca Garza's shadow. Again, like, this is wild. It's also why I love college basketball. Iowa could
0: have had back-to-back national players of the year reasonably. If if Oscar Sheepway did not exist, Iowa could have had back-to-back national players of the year.
1: Right? And... No one saw Keegan Murray coming as a national player of the year candidate. He might have gotten some traction as like maybe this guy can turn himself into a draft pick in the second year, but let's not let's not rewrite history. He looked more
0: like a great NBA prospect than a great college basketball player coming was, into his yeah. sophomore year.
1: The deal going into the last season with Iowa is they lost Garza, the national player of the year. Joe Wieskamp, pro prospect, CJ Frederick, good shooter, transfers to Kentucky. And it was like probable bubble team instead Keegan plays in a really really good Big Ten that's loaded with NBA prospects and or just really great college players Um, emerges right there with Johnny Davis at Wisconsin ultimately kind of passes Johnny Davis uh, you know on that last turn of the season if you will in terms of overall hierarchy for player of the year he leads Iowa to a five seed they win the Big Ten tournament remember the Iowa Hawkeyes were a trendy, trendy elite eight final four pick because they were in the same bracket. They were in the Midwest. Kansas was the one there. Iowa over Kansas in Sweet Sixteen was a was a was a was a, was a very trendy pick. Instead, Iowa went Iowa. I mean, it had guards of the National Player of the Year, Keegan Murray, top three player in the sport, and accounted for one NCAA tournament win (laughs) back to back. That's just brutal. If you're a Hawkeyes fan, they got knocked out by 12 seed Richmond. Um, Just weird, weird ending, but big picture is the most important thing here. Parish. Murray was able to establish himself early and consistently prove that he was among the best college players in the country. And because of his length, because he can play so many positions defensively, he is an adroit defender. It was clear by the time we got to about January that he was going to be a lottery pick and his stock just continued to rise and rise and rise since. And so, yeah, we, Iowa had the, had the basically consensus national player of the year in Garza, not drafted, not a, not an NBA draft pick. And then you get Keegan Murray on the bench the year before, who's going to probably be a top five pick. Probably there's still a potential that he drops to six. Um, it's certainly out there, but uh It's just and it's it's Iowa hoops, man. It's just I love college basketball. It's just it's a a bit of a wild story there. I I kind of like his. If you ask me to say, which player do you think will just have the better chance of sustaining a long career in the NBA? I think I'd go Murray over Ivy because of the defense, because of the length, because the shooting seems to be a bit better right now um and he just might be a bit more adaptable to, based on the franchise he goes to or the system he's asked to play in. They're very very close, but I would narrowly lean Keegan Murray, who's uh whose brother Chris yes did test waters, ultimately decided he's going to head on back there. Um so who the hell knows? Maybe we'll be looking up a year from now we'll be like, "Hey, how about this three years in a row <laughs> Iowa basketball?" I don't know. It'll be a uh, it'll be interesting, but I do I do very much like the trajectory that Keegan Murray's on. And if he were to go to Detroit, I if you're a Pistons fan, you start to really get excited about the young nucleus there. And maybe you can become the personnel is not the same, but if you get Murray, hell, maybe even if you get Ivy with what you had with Cade and everyone that you've been able to bring in the past two years, maybe you're like, you know what? We're going to be the next Grizzlies. Give us two years and check on us. Maybe in that Eastern conference, which is a bit in flux, Detroit can really make a move. And suddenly we look up and hell they're playing as the four seed or whatever. I think there's the potential there at five. They're in a really good spot. Uh, they they're just they're going as so long as the front office doesn't mess it up they're going to get a player that brings a lot of potential with weight with way more proven commodities than question marks a lot of these players will be drafted on what they can become I get that but no matter who is there for them at five if they don't trade out of the spot there you're just you're going to get a guy who that night next morning as you're talking with buddies and friends uh, you're going to have optimism over the season coming next and particularly like two years from now, there's going to be a
2: a good young group there in Detroit. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason building a business is tough. Taylor brands is simplifying the business journey from launching and managing to growing your business. Taylor brands. Isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: Just to set the record straight, Luca Garza was picked 52nd. Um, he did get drafted? Yeah, 52nd by Detroit. Um, How about that? <laughs> How about that? Who knew?
1: again no? he's inside he there it's a bit of basketball siberia at the moment there good good for luca yeah for Luka. good
0: congratulations to luca garza for being i drafted. appreciate
1: the snack check but i did think he went undrafted because that was the whole deal was like you know he was awesome college player but defensively lateral movement he's a right. big like what but he was good enough that he deserved it so yes 10 months later good on you luca
0: um, I agree with you. There's no doubt in my mind, barring injuries, of course, that Keegan Murray is going to be in the NBA for a long time. You know, he just, he has some obviously translatable skills that are valued perhaps more than ever, uh, right now in the NBA, like, uh, a switchable forward who's strong and can guard multiple positions, guard smaller guys and consistently make threes like th- those guys that that's worth a hundred million dollars, you know, right there. Um, the question I would have about, okay, very good piece for a very good team for a very long time. Like, that's the floor, barring injuries. How does he reach his ceiling? Uh, you know, and that that comes with being more of a shot creator. He wasn't a, like, he scored a lot, but not a great, like, some stretch fours can catch it, bounce it, beat their guy, and finish, and... For Keegan Murray, that's not a real strength at this point. Um, now, he's developed so much in the past two years. You'd be a fool to uh, start acting like he can't develop that stuff as well. Like, he, you know, he improved his three-point percentage by more than 10 points from his freshman to sophomore year. That suggests he puts in the work. So I'm not ruling out that he can become this guy. But he hasn't. He right, At this point in his basketball career, throw it to him on the perimeter. Go beat your guy and finish. That's not really mm-hmm. what right. he did too often at
1: Iowa. Just an average g- guy driving to the right. Again, I'll just read off a few synergy things here. 43rd uh, percentile overall 0. 0.769 points per possession in ISO situations when driving to the right, driving to the left, he was actually a little bit better there overall, but yes, uh shot creation, putting it on the floor. How much is he going to be asked to do that? But he might not, that might not be ever what he is like. Sometimes it can be harder to reconcile this in the moment when you spend a top five pick on a on a guy. Um, if you can, someone was talking to me at the NBA level like two weeks ago or whatever when we were talking about these guys, and he was basically saying like, "What if I told you?" She was actually talking about Shaden Sharp and Keegan Murray. Well, what if I told you that they're going to last a dozen years in the league, and they're going to average you know thirteen points, but they're just gonna they're going to be a guy that you can depend upon most of those years that they're going to start, but they're just not going to be an All Star. Sounds a little underwhelming in the moment. But when you look back, it's, it's actually really good value if you can get that. I can see Keegan Murray being a guy who's never, he's never the one. He's never the two. Maybe he's the three, right? And if you can do that and sustain that for more than half of your career, then you are absolutely worth going fifth overall in the draft. You clearly, clearly are. Um, but does his ceiling match the guys that we talked about before him? Hard for me to say it does. And I think that might be the bottom line of why you've got Keegan where you've got him, not one, two, three, or four, is every other guy we've talked about on these profile pods to this point I think objectively has a ceiling that you can clearly see is higher if it all comes together for those four. With Murray, um, very good floor. Not that there isn't a high ceiling. It's just not as good as the others.
0: Well, like, if you tell me you can get the third-best player on a championship-level team with the fifth pick in the draft, Okay, let's do yeah, it. Right. I mean, let's look at the NBA finals gets, you know, um, you know, it's the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Both those teams have awesome, you know, or really good accomplished third best
1: players. Golden State's third best player went in the second round. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Right. Well, like I mean, we could
1: argue that, right? You know. Well, right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like, these, they've got three Hall of Fame players and the third one. Draymond was a second round pick.
0: Yeah, so. but like Jor- Jordan Poole might be <laughs> Golden yeah. State's third best player right now.
1: <laughs> you and I need to not talk about Jordan. Yeah, Poole, I'm not so ever talking just, about Jordan Poole. Yeah. I, I, I can't, I never
0: speak about Jordan, Poole, but he, he might, my point is like you, if you're going to actually try to win something significant, you need to have a really good third best player. How about this? To bring it back to my hometown, the Grizzlies third best player right now is Jaron Jackson, Jr. Top five pick. Yeah. Top five pick on a hundred million dollar contract. He's their third best player. Now maybe they'd like him to be the f- second best player, but like right now you got John Morant, second-team All-NBA, Desmond Bain, borderline All-Star, Jaron Jackson Jr., first-team All-Defense, third-best You need your third-best player to be really, really, really good. So, sometimes people say, but, like, will he ever be the best player on a good team? I don't know, but, like, th- th- can he be the third-best player on a great team? If so, let's take him with the fifth pick, and I think Keegan Murray's got a chance to, to be that, if not better. There are questions about how high his ceiling is. I agree with you, but his floor, floor is pretty high. Like, you know, 6'9, can guard multiple positions. Like, I think, and when I say multiple positions, I mean, let's call him a stretch four. He could switch over and play small ball five on the defensive end. Like, he could guard bigs, most bigs. And then you could switch him over and, uh, like, okay, you maybe don't, you probably don't want him guarding uh, Joel Embiid, but like, he can guard 90% of the bigs in the NBA. He can guard them for extended periods of time. I trust him to do that at some point in his career. Um, he can obviously guard fours. I think you can throw him on wings. And then when he gets switched onto ones, it's not ideal, but he can play in that space. And then if the three point shots legitimate, and I don't really have a great reason to think that it's not again, those guys are super valuable. Like they sort of get labeled like three and D wings. Like they're just sort of like role player, but three and D wings are really important. Like every NBA franchise trying to win something of significance needs wings with size, who can guard multiple positions and make a three. Like, if you're trying to win it, you need that guy on your roster. And the more of them, the better. And that's what Keegan Murray is. Like, I don't want to say he's the safest pick in this draft, but if you tell me he never has serious injury issues, health concerns, I'll tell you, you know, in 2032, he'll still be in the NBA.
1: Seems like a long way away, but then again, it really isn't. My last comment, Luca Garza, I looked it up. Played twelve point two minutes a game. Uh, played thirty two games this past season. Five point eight points, three point one rebounds. It's hard. NBA is hard, man. Was college basketball a year ago. Now he's a yeah, he's a different kind of position, but yes, but still, it's like not it, easy. like
0: No, dude. Yeah,
1: that's that's a dude who went in the fifties. So it you know
2: it, it makes it
0: right. Fun. But like you know, for these young people, they always have these dreams about the NBA. It's hard to even get in that league, and to be meaningful in that league is is even a you know that's another level so you know i went back and looked at some draft stuff from last year there are guys that you talk about non-stop leading into the draft and then you just don't even think about them again like you don't even think about them and um god who was it i was looking at earlier but i was looking at last year's mock drafts and actual drafts and i was like yeah hey, we talked about that guy on that podcast felt like every five episodes and I haven't even thought about him since then like that's the nature of the NBA draft and um and how these careers unfold but I think Keegan Murray is going to have a real career in the NBA for a long time what kind of career we'll see but I think his floor is super high he's going to be a he's got a chance to be a meaningful player for if you're trying to build somebody that compete for something you need guys even at his floor even if he doesn't become the best version of what you imagine, even at his floor, you need guys like this. And that's why I'm with you and uh, what you're hearing. Like, I'd look at him in the top three, as high as three, and uh, and I don't see him dropping, yeah, to six, seven. Six. I think yeah. six. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. probably – Like, you never know if somebody's just going to fall in love with Shaden Sharp, you know, something like that. That could disrupt the perceived order. But, yeah, six is about as low as it goes for, for Keegan Murray. Shouts to Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to Huck and Larnell. Thank you guys for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed yet, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. at Apple, leave nice comments. There's more of us than there are of them. That needs to be reflected in the comments. If you're not subscribed on YouTube, please knock that out while you're here. If you're watching on YouTube and uh, if you haven't smashed the like button yet, go ahead and knock that out. As well. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Until then.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.